So here's the real mystery. How do regular folks like you and me, who have families and real lives, who have careers and regular nine to fives, really fare in the personal finance game? Why are some hugely successful while others fail miserably time and time again? Those are the glaring questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is Empower You Financial with Eva Palacios. All right, and welcome to another episode of Empower You Financial with Eva Palacios. My name is Charles McGill. I'm your host and so happy to be talking to you today. Um, before I get started, we got to make sure that our credit boss, aka credit coach, is in the building. Ms. Eva Palacios, are you in the house? I am. Hello. Yeah, yeah. So I know that, you know, I just got back from vacation, but I know that you are going somewhere later this week. Is that right? Yes. Oh, my God. So excited. I am like ready to get out of here. (laughs) So so tell the people where you're going. Tell the people a little bit about, because we talked about vacations, our last episode was on vacations. Where are you headed to? We're going to go to Cancun. Mm. We're going to be like four or five day-ishes in Cancun and just me and hubby, me and hubby and all-inclusive beachfront, smelling the ocean waters. I can't wait. Ah! Wow. Wow, that very nice. And let me guess, you you're you're not paying for it, right? It's free. <laughs> no, I'm not paying for oh, it. Oh man, come on. <laughs> I was just joking. I um, know. Oh man. Okay. Well anyway. <laughs> well, like I said, uh to, to our audience, we will uh I know we're gonna revisit vacation um again because we gotta learn from Eva how she's able to do all this. Um because, you know, and this is the thing about Empower You. She wants to share it. She's been sharing stuff with me. Can't wait to share it with you guys. We just got to figure out how to get it all out. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We attended a wedding this weekend. And my hubby, like, it's crazy. It's just kind of crazy how, you know, it's open seating. So anybody can sit anywhere. And sometimes you just kind of wonder, like, how certain people gravitate to your table. And this couple sat next to us and my hubby hit it off with, with her hubby and they were just like having a blast. And I'm like, who are you talking to? Like, do you know this dude? <laughs> Long story short, like by the end of the night, we were planning a cruise. We're planning to help them to become <laughs> homeowners. Hey. We're trying to get him out of his 18 year old job. We're trying to get them to vacation more because he works so much. Like, Yeah. Yes. That's that's awesome. what we're all about. Hang out with us and you will learn some stuff. Empower you financially. There you go. I, I love it. <laughs> well, you know what? So uh, speaking of, you know, and I kind of mentioned this the last couple episodes, I forgot what it was, but we're still kind of uh, thinking about, um, you know, my daughter's uh, car. And so interesting enough, because I'm actually in in uh, looking for a car myself right now as well. I've been We've just been using my wife's uh, car, well, our car, the van, the family van, because <laughs> since I stopped working, like there was really no need for us to have two cars. I had a, I had leased a, th- a Chrysler 300. That was my uh, principal car. I used to feel really good about that car. I used to love that car. That's right. The Hemi. That's right. But after, um, after I, I left the principal job and the lease went up, I was just like, you know, there's really no reason for me to continue to have this car. So I just gave it back and um, was able to walk away from it. Um, but now I'm in a situation now where like my, um, my mom, um, actually, uh, 
purchased a uh, older Mercedes and she's kind of in a situation where she's a little stuck in it um, and is looking to, you know, sell it or just kind of, you know, just figure out how to get rid of it. Um, and it's a Mercedes I like. I'm like, okay, this is this is actually pretty nice. I might want to take this off your hands. And uh, when she started telling me about it, she actually was letting my little brother uh, drive it, who's the same age as uh, my oldest daughter. Uh, so he's 19. And um, his insurance on it was crazy. When she told me, I think she told me it was like four or $500 or something crazy. Like that. What? How old is he? 19. Oh, so oh the the so for me, what I'm thinking is, OK, because when she was telling me that she wanted to get rid of it because the payments, because the payments are not too bad, like, you know, a couple hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah. But then I started thinking, so, oh, you want to get rid of it because of the total cost of the vehicle. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you got the, 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 the car and the insurance, the car no, and the insurance. That's why we're talking about getting rid of it. Uh, the insurance is not going to be that much, uh, that much for me. I already checked. So this is cool because, you know, I guess that's one of the benefits of being being 40 and, and having a good, good clean record. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, so anyway, I wanted to kind of talk about this today because, you know, one thing that my family has done, one thing my family is very good for, and this is something that, you know, I don't think I'm unique in this, but there was a moment where my dad, um, he, he used to buy a lot of uh, cars. He really enjoyed cars. And cars are kind of like, you know, in, in certain communities, especially I'll say specifically in my community, it's kind of like a status symbol, you know, and it makes you yeah. feel good about yourself because, you know, we're not necessarily, you know, big balling and, you know, we couldn't live that, you know, rapper lifestyle. But, you know, every <laughs> once in a while, you know, you get yourself a <laughs> Benz, a BMW. Like collect cars. Yeah. Well, well, my dad kind of got on that. To them. <laughs> he kind of got on that. And the thing is, they live in a, a pretty, you know, decent neighborhood in, in uh, Elk Grove. But there was a time where he bought all these like Mercedes, like, and, and I remember I drove up to the, the house and there was like four or five Mercedes, you know, parked outside. They weren't brand new. Yeah, I know. They, they, I know family like that in Texas. They got like 14 Mercedes. <laughs> so they were, they were older, but still look baller, right? It looked like, it was like, oh man, this family must be right. But he's, you know, barely working and all that stuff. <laughs> I will, I won't get into all that. But anyway, the point I'm making is that, you know, sometimes to get out of those situations, like when they wanted to offload them and kind of do some different things, yeah. you know, it, was, it wasn't as easy as, as, as it was to, to get them, right? Getting them was a lot easier than getting rid of them. Yeah. And so I started really thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? Cars, they're, they're not an asset. Is no. that right? Is that a correct statement? No, I, I personally don't think they're an asset. Uh, a, a, a large Part of the world doesn't think that they're an asset, but very few people do. <laughs> okay, okay. So tell tell me about that. So so why why do you say that cars are not assets? So an asset is something that grows equity or increases in value across time. Now there is a difference when your vehicle will retain a good dollar amount in value but it doesn't grow in value. I got it. That's I got it. the difference. So you're saying the value is going down, but some vehicles, it slows down a little. It goes a little slower than others. Correct. Yes. <laughs> and majority vehicles, the second you drive them off the lot, depreciates. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So when it comes to this whole car buying thing, let's get some advice from you around that. So first of all, Let's 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 let me just ask a couple of questions. So new or used? Which one? Ah, uh, well, 
I can honestly tell you my first vehicle I got was brand new, but it was a leased vehicle and I was 17. So (laughs) that experience in itself was all bad. (laughs) But thereafter, and especially, you know, working where I worked, I got to know a lot about you know, being able to purchase cars and to purchase them wisely. So ever since then, I have never purchased a car brand new. I will purchase cars gently used. I mean, if you really think about it, new means zero miles. Gently used could be 2,000 miles. That's still new. Like that probably was just driven back and forth to get maintenance while it was on the lot. Like (laughs) no big deal. Um, but if you do research, you can purchase vehicles really, really a whole lot less cheaper with a couple thousand miles, couple hundred, couple thousand miles versus a zero miles brand new car. So I could only speak for myself on purpose. I buy gently used. Got it. So if you, you personally, if you could help it, you try to go for used to save some money. Yeah, um, save a whole use. lot of money. Got it. Okay. Um, all right. So next question. Um, lease or finance? Oh, man. I had a really bad experience with my first car being a lease. So I've been there, done that, and I don't ever want to do it again. I am still like not convinced with the whole leasing thing, but... I have tons of friends and family and even my students who love the whole lease thing. And me, I just can't get over my bad experience. (laughs) And I think for me, it was because it was, it was, it was how the transaction was done. So if you're a good lessor and you get really good at negotiating pricing on your vehicle. So when it comes time to leasing, you know how to negotiate certain things like maintenance and mileage costs and all of that good stuff. I think people can be really, really good at being an expert in that lane. Me, not an expert in that lane. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But there's definitely a lot of things to to consider, you know, in in both transactions. Okay, okay. Um, sorry, my my son just walked in. Is <laughs> doing his thing. Guess his, uh... Yeah, can you turn it off, please? Um, I guess his his uh, finger's not feeling good, um, so I'm trying to trying to get hey. that. This yeah. is how we roll, not yeah. scripted, no do exactly. <laughs> So, um, okay, hold on, buddy. So, um, so yeah, so when it comes to, so I hear you when it comes to, to leasing and there's various factors. Oh my goodness. This is really <laughs> insistent. This is Malcolm. Malcolm. Making hi, Malcolm. Of, um, the podcast. Malcolm, can you just say hi real quick? Hi. Talk it to the mic. Hi. Say hi. Hi, listeners. Hi, listeners. <laughs> How old is Malcolm? I hit my finger. Oh, oh you hit your finger. Did daddy kiss it for you? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
How old are you, buddy? Uh, three. Three. Good job. You hold yes. up three. Looks like your finger works pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's all better. I said one, two, three. That's right. Good job, buddy. <laughs> and I said one, two, three. Four. And now you're holding up four. Good job. All right, buddy. Hey, can you go get mommy for me? Can, can you go get mommy for me? Daddy, is it not one, two, three? <laughs> like, heck no, I got daddy time. All right, Malcolm, what kind of car do you want to drive when you grow up? <laughs> Malcolm, what kind of car do you want to drive when you grow up? I want to drive a Ferrari. A Ferrari? A Ferrari, <laughs> oh, Wow. That Very means nice. daddy's got to get to work. Yeah, daddy's got to get to work. Now, will you like, be leasing or financing that vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm, are you going to lease or finance the vehicle? <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. Thank you, right. took over the podcast. Yeah, definitely took it over. Okay, I'm going to go on mute. You're going to have to talk to the people. So, uh, All right. The next question was going to be about um, leasing and financing. So talk a little bit about financing and kind of like the pros and cons of that. Definitely, definitely. So what's most important is, in, and I have to say, especially when it comes to to speaking with, with, with the world out there and, and my students in particularly, I have found that a lot of people run into a tough situation to where they are at very last minute needing to buy a vehicle. For example, you know, vehicle breaks down. I need a car. I need to get to work. I need to, you know, take the kids to school or to daycare, or I just need a vehicle. I need to be able to get from point A to point B. But financially, they're not prepared. You know, maybe credit's not right. Maybe income's not right to where now they don't have a whole lot of options when purchasing that vehicle. So sometimes when you're not prepared, your options can be very limited, which then in turn could end up being a not so great financial move. Like some people can definitely, everybody can buy a car, right? Everybody and anybody can buy a car. The question is, is how much is it going to cost? And are you getting it at a good deal? Because if you are not good at negotiating purchase price, if you're in the financing room and you don't know what your credit score is and and maybe you think it's good, but then it's not, and then they stick you in a high interest rate, or the worst thing people do is they go into the dealership and tell the sales guy, I can only afford $250 a month. That's the worst thing you can do. Why? Because they're going to find you a car that is going to cost you less than $250 a month. And granted, if that's in your budget, okay. But what if that's not the best vehicle for you and your family? Yeah. Not to mention, what if that $250 means your only option is to lease the vehicle versus financing the vehicle? Mm-hmm. And the way that I see leasing is when you lease a vehicle, it really is for the intention of 
driving a more expensive type of vehicle, like, you know, you want to look good rolling in that Benz and that BMW in that Infinity or, you know, a high ticketed type car, but you don't have the budget for that high ticketed type car. So therefore you go on the leasing option because you could drive around in an expensive car, but have a monthly expense of a less expensive vehicle. Yeah. So I, I think also some of the advantages are like, you know, like maintenance, right? Cause in a yes. lease, they pay for maintenance. And I think sometimes when the car is even a cheaper car, well, not cheap. Well, I'll just say like a Toyota or, you know, something that's not high end and you lease it. I think sometimes people do that also because of the, the maintenance. They're thinking like, okay, I don't, you know, um, you know, I don't want to have to pay for maintenance every six months or whatever. So this is included. And also some of the benefit is, you know, some people actually, you know, they like to get new cars every couple of years. Yeah. That probably would be like, I don't know. I still don't like that, but still. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some yeah, people. A little bit, a little bit nice to drive a different car every couple of years. But in my brain, it's like, Eva, you done just wasted a bunch of payments across the next two to three years and have no car to show for. Yeah. And you're just going to do it again over and over and over. And it's like the hamster wheel of money going out, but never coming back. See, that? See that's see, this is what I mean. So I think people, you know, because you're looking at it as an asset versus liability. Yeah. I think a lot of folks don't look at it that way. A lot of folks look at it as I'm going to have a car payment regardless. Like no. for the rest of my life, like I, I'm just saying like that, that's what some people like, 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 just like how you have to pay to, to live somewhere, right? whether that be a mortgage or rent, like, you you know, the, people figure I'm going to have to pay every month to live somewhere. I'm going to have to pay to drive something every month. Like that, I, I think a lot of people get in there. And so they realize they're like, okay, well, they since I'm paying. Yeah, they get used to it. Yeah, used to it. And, and, and that is the mindset that I want to help shift because wouldn't it be nice to not have a two, three, four, five hundred dollar a month expense? I know, you know, speaking on our own situation, we have gone like seven, eight years with no car payments. And when you don't have car payments, that means you own the vehicle outright, which also means your insurance premium is a lot less when you own the vehicle versus it being leased or financed. So for me, I don't know. I just want to have more money in my pocket to do the other things that we want to do in life and not have it just go out on a car payment just because, yeah, we need a car to get from A to B. Well, yeah. I mean, so let's, let's talk about that because here's the thing, like, you know, essentially when you're leasing a car, you're renting it. That's nice. all it is. You're just renting the car, right? For a certain amount of time, oh, which... And that's important. Like, let's emphasize that. I don't, I don't really think people see it that way. It is just like renting a vehicle, which means you can't modify that vehicle. Like, if you, if you are going to get your child a vehicle, you probably don't want to lease it because they're probably going to want to throw some rims. They're going to want to throw the bait. They're going to want to <laughs> tint the windows. They can't do, you cannot do that when you're leasing a vehicle because it doesn't belong to you. Hey, quick break here. 
Sorry to interrupt the podcast. We'll get you right back to it. We just want to spend a few seconds to talk about the Empower You Financial Group on Facebook. This is Eva's private Facebook group where she gives free tips, tricks, and strategies to improve your financial situation. Join the over 1,000 plus member community and see the success stories of people just like you who want to live life on their own terms. Come laugh with us, tell your story, and share your victories. Just search Empower You Financial in Facebook and join our free private group. Oh, and be sure to invite a friend. First of all, going into it, I get, I speak for myself. Not someone who's, you know, a financial expert. <laughs> <laughs> when I was approaching, you know, purchasing cars in the past, I always looked at it as, can I afford it? Can I not? Right. Right. Once when that was taught to me by my dad. And am I going to enjoy it? That's it. So if I can afford it and I'm going to enjoy it, then it's cool. <laughs> but what you're saying is let's 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 go a little deeper because it does make sense. Because yeah. the issue is is that sometimes, like for example, if you have a lease and you take it back to dealership and you're over the mileage, which sometimes oh, happens, yes. right? Then that you if, owe them. Especially if you're like where we live and you got to commute. Oh yeah. To the Bay Area to yeah. work, yeah, Dunzo. exactly. You, <laughs> and you didn't anticipate that done. Yeah, your mileage is done. And you go owe them a good couple grand after mm-hmm. you turn it in, right? right? So then there's that. Um, and then you know when it comes to financing, I think sometimes people don't really look at the number of months. So yeah. they're like, yeah, you know, I, I got this car. I only got it, you know, I got it for. Uh, you know, uh, three fifty a month or four hundred. You know, manageable, right? Yeah. And then they go, well, how how many months? You know, not that people should ask, but sometimes it comes up. How many months? Oh, seventy two months, eighty four yeah. months. Yeah, yeah, six or seven years. Yeah, right. And then if you do the math on that, most of the time you're paying so much more than what the car is worth because the interest right. rate is super high. So I think when people start looking at it like that, and then to your other point. If you're not paying a car payment, what are you doing with that money, right? You could be right. investing. You could be doing other Vacationing. things. With Vacationing. Vacationing, right? Investing. Yeah. So I think, but I, but you know, the thing is though, so like I said, th- there's something though in our community about this idea of, hey, I don't have a lot, so I want to just make myself feel good. Yeah. Right. And, and, and sometimes the only way you can make yourself feel good is to get that nice whip, right? To have, have, have your rims, how you beat, you know, have a car that's fly. <laughs> and maybe, and maybe you're not into rims and beat. Maybe you're a little old like me. Like I don't, I don't want to put rims and beat on it, but I still like a nice car. I want it to be yeah. riding smooth. I remember my Chrysler 300. It, man, I could just use my finger to steer it. Like it was like butter. <laughs> right, then they hit me. Had the wood, had wood on the on the steering wheel. It had the heating and cooling seats. I felt yeah. like a G in that car, you know. Yeah. Um, and what was it the best financial decision? I I'll be honest with you, I wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. No. But but what we're saying is you should be thinking about it, right? Absolutely. This is something that you need to factor in. Okay, so with all of that, Eva, tell us how do we win? How do how do we start winning? When it yeah. comes to purchasing vehicles, knowing, and, and I want to give you that context of knowing 
that hey, we still want to be fly. You still you hey, Eva still got a infinity <laughs> in a, in a Benzo. <laughs> so how can we win at this? Um, I think the ultimate, the ultimate single best advice is preparing for it, preparing for it, doing research on it. You know, luckily, knock on wood, I have never been in a situation to where a car has broken down and I've needed to buy a car the next day. With anything in life, if you have to make an uncomfortable, uh, an uncomfortable decision in a short window of time, chances are you're not going to be making the best decision. So for me, I've always planned out the vehicles. Like always. That means me, I make a commitment to myself. I make a commitment to the family that I'm going to research whatever vehicle we have in mind for a good three to six months. And when you're researching, you know, you're using the internet, I'm, I'm doing different things. And I have tons of friends that are all in dealerships. So I'm always like, you know, hey, like, what's the price on this? Or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Even for my students, I have a one student, I have one student who her lease is going to be up at the end of the month. And she's over on her mileage, you know, which, which sucks because if she were to keep the vehicle, Granite, she has to come up with a balloon payment that is due. But if she gives the vehicle back, she still has got to come up with a couple hundred bucks to pay for that extra overage and mileage. So I, I, you know, and she came to me about two months ago. So I'm like, okay, well, let's plan for it. We don't want to wait till November 1st when your lease is due and you got to try to figure it out and then get swindled into another expensive transaction. So I'm like, let's start now. Let's research now. Like, you know, first of all, do you love the vehicle that you're in? She was like, yeah, I love it. I'm like, okay, great. So let's weigh the pros and cons. How much is it going to be? A balloon payment. Okay. If you were to finance it, you know, with your credit, which she has great credit, you know, here's, you know, what a four-year term could look like, a five-year term, you know, so we're doing the math back and forth. And she was really, really fixated on buying a 2021, a new model. Granted, does she need a new model? No, she wants a new model. So then let's talk about the cost. Then she got fixated on the dealership incentives, how much we would give you if you buy a new model vehicle, brand new. And that's where you got to be careful too, because they can throw that carrot out and make it look all nice and beautiful. We're going to give you $8,000 off MSRP. So I told her, do your research on that. And I will call my buddies at my dealerships and I'm going to ask them, you know, how much do you have on a gently used 2020? I mean, we still in 2020, that's still new, right? I think the car that she had is like three or four years old. So long story short, I basically told her, here are the price tags. If you bought a 2021 that has a few thousand miles, so let's compare those price tags versus the $8,000 off MSRP, there was still a seven dollars to $8,000 difference and she had no clue. So one, being prepared and doing research on both ends because, I mean, granted, a 2020, it pretty much has the same features as a 2021. 
you know, the only other things that you got is like the fancy stuff. You know, somebody's driving next to you, you got a little flashing light on the re- on the side mirror. You know, do you really need that for seven to eight thousand dollars more? So I think that's. You know? I think I, some people would say yes, I do need it. <laughs> But then when you say seven, eight thousand dollars more, you're like, oh, okay, maybe not. <laughs> right? Or or you know, maybe the 2021 model has Apple CarPlay and the 2020 doesn't. Like, do you really need that? Now I will attest Actually, to that. Yeah, I, was, I do need that. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, have you used Apple CarPlay? Because yeah, we need that. <laughs> but so here's my justification. I feel I need that because one, like I do business over my phone. So it is nice to be able to get a text message on the phone and actually see it on the screen as a safety measure versus looking down at my phone. Yeah. So that's my justification on why I need that. Do I have that? I don't have that. Oh, you don't? I don't have that in my infinity. Oh, it's nice. How much will it cost me to put that system in my infinity? Like $4,000. We're not doing all that. Got it. Just gonna okay, all right. So I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, and so, <laughs> so I yeah, thought you were you so. Have time. You, what you about your? Uh, have time. Can you tell us your uh, infinity story? Yeah, you've mentioned it a couple of times. Yes, I am super proud of my infinity story. Um, I will say this: the car that I was driving before that, which was all was on my vision board. You guys are gonna laugh. But it was on my vision board for like four years. And it's been on my vision board since what well, was officially on my vision board four years ago, but it was a light bulb in my head when I saw the movie The Italian Job. All them Mini Coopers, mm. like zipping and a zapping <laughs> through little entryways and parking spots. The mini Cooper. So I, you know, and, and granted, we didn't need a car, but I said, if I were to make, if I were to make extra money that didn't affect our current goals and, and things that we aspire to have, if I made extra money on top of that to be able to buy my Mini Cooper cash, then that's when I would buy it. Otherwise, if that day never comes and it never comes and there goes that vision board entry. But one day with one of my network marketing companies, we, we, we killed it. We killed it one month and we got like a $10,000 bonus. So sure enough, I was researching mini Coopers for $10,000 or less. (laughs) And granted that wasn't a brand new mini Cooper. It was a gently used Brit mini Cooper. And, um, long story short, I had bought that vehicle with intention. It was actually listed for 14,000 and I negotiated a cash offer for 10,000. Now everybody's like, okay, you got a mini Cooper. You got a family of five. How's that going to work? No, it was just a me car, (laughs) but I wanted a toy. It was was a toy. It was a toy. And for those of you who have known me since way back when, I actually had it wrapped. I had it wrapped with our company logo stuff. So at the end of the day, like business expense, can we say that? Um, Nice. Yeah. So I was very intentional and it was making us money. So that's that transaction. So after that, you know, I had it for about two, three years 
it started, you know, acting funky. I went to go in <laughs> to go get maintenance maintenance on it. And they told me the price tag on maintenance on a Mini Cooper. I said, oh, heck no, I don't want this car anymore. <laughs> like, what? The engine is built in reverse and you got to pay more in labor than the actual parts. So that was my lesson learned there. So that is resulting into the infinity story. Okay. So long story short, this Mini Cooper was like probably on its last leg. It wasn't, but I was tired of putting money into it and it's still having issues. So I was doing my research and I basically was like, okay, it's time for a nicer, a little bit more luxurious, sporty type car. Like let's level up, let's upgrade. And I didn't know what I want. I was just Googling sports cars and let's just see what popped up. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think of an Infiniti Q60, but it popped up. And oh, not only that, I knew I wanted it in white. So then I started Googling white sports cars and that popped up. Ferrari popped up. Um, Maserati popped up. I almost got shout a Maserati. Out, shout out to Malcolm the Ferrari. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ferrari popped up. Maserati. Oh I was a little bit close of getting the Maserati, Ooh. but I'm like, no, you, you can't do that. Like, you just got complaining about the Mini Cooper. Now you got to get a Maserati. Hey. Yeah. So Infinity popped up. Again, I did my research for a good six months because I'm like, well, let me look at the price tags and they are not cheap. So I'm like, let me research, you know, years, you know, the, the, the features, all of that good stuff. So long story short, I found one. I found one in Roseville, called up, you know, I filled up the little internet, you know, you want more information? Fill this out. I filled it out. The internet sales guy was amazing. He was like, you know, and, and, and before I even like talked to him, like he left me a message and I texted him back something about me text messaging. I just feel I'm a little bit more in control of the transaction. <laughs> <laughs> so we were text messaging back and forth. And I basically said, I see this infinity for this price. I have a 2010 mini Cooper that I want to trade in. This is a blue book value. I will not take less than this. If you're willing to give me what I want on my Mini Cooper and you're willing to negotiate the price tag on your Infinity, then I will come there tomorrow and take a test drive. And he was like, man, like, who am I talking to? Mafia? Like, you are literally got your bullet points ready. That's right. And and you have to be. You You have to to be. be. Don't play around with it. Yes. I love it. Dealerships are there to sell you vehicles. When you are in control of the transaction, you win. Mm -hmm. So long story short, you know, then we converted to email and he was like, okay, send me the specs of your vehicle, blah, 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 all this and that. And he was like, you know what? He goes, let's do it. I already got approval from my manager, which I later found out he was the manager. (laughs) I got approval from my manager. We will give you, you know, what you want for your Mini Cooper. We might be able to play with the price tag on the Infinity. Come down and take a test drive. So I went there by myself, which I will have to say, if you don't know what you're doing, you better go with somebody who knows what they're doing. 
because I don't want to be stereotypical, but a minority female of my age will get taken for at the dealership. Mm. I bust out of my Mini Cooper. Everybody came like sharks. And I'm like, I'm here to see such and such. And they all kind of looked at me like, why is she asking for him? Again, I didn't know he was the manager. So I'm like, I'm here to see such and such. And they're like, oh, okay. So they got on their little walkie talkies and like called him. And still, I didn't even know who he was. Like, I'm just like, he's the internet sales guy, right? So long story short, yes, that Infinity Q60 was listed online for $38,000. And by the time they gave me my trade-in, by the time I negotiated the stuff out of it. I walked away with that vehicle only paying $28,000 for it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And lo and behold, that vehicle holds its value. So I've had it for a little over two years now, bought it at 28. It it still got low miles on it. I think I bought it at like 9,000, 9,000 miles. Um, it was a 2017, bought it in 2018, and the blue book value on it is still listed at 29. And I think Ooh. I owe like 23 or 22 on it. Nice. So I'm so like you have equity. You have yes! equity in it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So when you do your homework, you can win in that transaction. Yeah. So I love that because what you're what you're saying is, I mean, and what we have to understand it's still depreciating, right? I mean, the value obviously is going to go down the more miles you put on it over time. We understand that. However, because of the way you set it up, you have equity. So just in case, so it it actually technically this is an asset because just in case, let's say the rubber hit the road, you had to sell it. You could sell it right now for 29. And because you only owe 23, you net a profit of six. When I say I want to, I don't want to say you were profit. That's not the right word. Right. You would just net six six thousand yeah. dollars, which is good, um, because most people when they sell their vehicles, um, they're, they're especially down. they're upside down, meaning that they owe more than it's worth. So I want to make sure we make plain language because upside down is like that car lingo. But yeah, they they owe more than it's worth, and so it really is a liability. Not only are they paying on it monthly, but if if the if things hit you know hit the fan, um, they would. If they needed to get rid of it, they yeah. would still owe on top of, you know, getting rid of it. Like, so that's the interesting thing about these cars is that, you know, cars, I mean, man, we love them. Um, we need them. But yeah, you know, sometimes, well, a lot of times we're not winning. We're not winning when it comes to how to get them. And, and I also think about insurance. I think about, you know, um, you know, sometimes the insurance payments are are really high. Did you have a situation like that with one of your clients or something like um yeah. So one of my clients that, um, that set up a session, it was actually a different type of session. It wasn't even a credit session. It was actually a personal financial assessment session. And in that session, that's a 90 day set or excuse me, a 90 minute session where we go through income expenses, all of the debt details. And she basically just wanted to know and create a plan for her to aggressively pay down her debt so that she can start investing in real estate. 
And so I'm looking at, at the debts and, and what some people don't know is when your balances are a certain percentage in use, it really lowers, lowers your credit score. So not only was she one in credit card debt, two paying close to $200 a month in interest, three credit scores were lower because of that situation. Now, granted, she was actually a really good situation to where after all of her, you know, calculating income and expenses, she actually had a $4,000 a month surplus. So she was putting that money into savings, you know, for a rainy day per se. But after speaking with me, I'm like, you are not, those banks aren't even paying you 1% in interest in your savings account, but you're, you know, paying close to $200 a month in interest by leaving these balances there. Like, let's create a strategy for you. So long story short, she came in for one thing, which was to get out of debt efficiently. But the ripple effect is as she pays on the credit card debt, the credit score is going to rise, which will then take her out of a $380 car payment with a $550 car insurance. It'll take her out of that transaction, get her into a vehicle that she actually will love because the one that she got was spare the moment. I don't got options right now. This is what I got to get put her into a better vehicle at a cheaper monthly expense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, you know, two years ago when she got the, the car, she wasn't in position. Now she is in position to win. Why? Because she came to me, got the proper financial guidance, got the game plan in play in sequence of events. This is what you're going to do. One, two, three, four, so that her whole situation she in essence is winning in all categories. So, you know, again, to go back on, you know, being negative, being upside down with vehicles, don't let these dealerships tell you, get the vehicle now in six months, you can refinance that vehicle. (laughs) Um, There's a whole lot of variables that come into play. First Mm -hmm. of all, if your credit ain't right, Today, in six months, it may or may not be right, depending upon what you're going to do. Number two, if you didn't get a good deal on that car in six months, you may owe more than what the car's worth. So the likeliness of you refinancing, very unlikely. Mm -hmm. Then that's going to cause another negative, potential negative transaction, because then what? You're sick and tired of this car. You're going to go trade it in for another car. Let's say you owe 10000 on this car, but it's they're only going to give you 5000 trade-in, which means 5000 of the old car goes on to the new car. That's right. They and just it's put it right a vicious it. cycle. <laughs> That's it. Yes. Oh. Yes. And I was, I, and I can speak from experience. I was in that cycle. And then yeah. it took me only like a couple of those to realize like, hold on. Like, when do you y'all just go, yeah, you just go keep tacking on the debt. Yeah, being upside down is not cool uh, when it comes to cars. Um, wow, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, man, we, well, you know, this, I think even still, once again, there's more that we can discuss on this. Um, but yeah, so in terms of just winning, if we could just kind of close it out, it sounds like to me, 
that number one, we got to understand that cars are not assets. And as cool and fly as they are, (laughs) as much joy as they give us sometimes, uh, we have to be smart about how we purchase them because it could end up, you know, really messing up our, messing us up financially. Uh, We have to consider the total cost of the car, the insurance, the maintenance, everything that goes into it. And all, uh, you know, whether you're financing or leasing your your interest rate, uh, all that stuff factors in. And, and you know, are we getting the best deal? Are we really researching? Are we doing the right things? Um, are we getting gently used? Are we getting, you know, cars that, you know, maybe are really cool to have, but the maintenance is just ridiculous. It could mean right. you were just talking about this. Like every time I've had a, a Benz um, before and you have a bit. Yeah. We know every time we go to Mercedes, $900, every time you go there, every, it don't matter what it is. You just go say hi. They'd be like $900, please. <laughs> so, yeah. It's one thing to have the car payment, but then when you're doing an oil change, a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. So and once again, I'm not, you know, not to say that, you know, hey, if you can afford it, you can afford it. You've worked oh, in your absolutely. budget. It's all good, right? Yeah. It's it's all good. Um, but, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, we just want, we want to empower our community and empower you to to really have the right information so you can win at this situation because there is a way to still win. Um, and we haven't even talked about the whole business side of it because there is that angle too, right? Where you can yes. leverage it, um, you know, as a business expense. Um, and different things like that. So there's ways that you can, you know, still win at this thing. So with that said, um, this has been an interesting podcast. We had all these <laughs> interruptions. That was <laughs> that was so funny. Um, I, I can't wait to hear it on the playback because that is just like. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway, so uh, Eva, if you could just you know, um, you know, leave us with one last thought, uh, one last nugget when it comes to you know how to truly win when it comes to purchasing cars, um, upside down is not what we want to be. <laughs> no. So how do, how do we win at this game? Yeah. You know, number one, get with the people, get with the people that have been there, done that and have those types of experiences that they're willing to share with you. Um, and, and that's super important is to, is to get with the people who are unbiased, but can offer you some real educational tips so that you can be able to make that car buying transaction the best transaction. You can really feel good. All I know is on my last transaction, I was like doing the happy dance in my head as I drove off because I'm like, they didn't get me today. I got them. And you just have to remember, if you are approaching something or someone that's in sales, their job is to sell you. The question is, is are you going to let them do your research? The t- time you put into it, you will reap the benefits. And yes, let's look at the whole transaction, not just how much can I afford in a car payment, but what is this going to cost me in maintenance? What is this going to cost me for registration, for auto insurance? We haven't even talked about this, but what about gap insurance? Not a lot of people know how to buy that or what that for, where to even get it from. Just know that if you are going to be spending a couple thousand dollars on something, you want to do your research to be sure you're getting the best price and walking away from that dealership, super happy and winning. 
Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Empower You Financial with Eva Palacios. One of the things that Eva enjoys most about being in personal finance is seeing people win. So if you are looking to improve your credit score because you're ready to make a major purchase, get better rates, or start living life on your own terms, visit Eva at evaempowers.com and schedule a consultation with her so you too can live life empowered. Empowered.